everyone, Ava here. You've tuned in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast, and welcome to this mini-series where I'm going to be speaking about manifestation. Ah, manifestation. What a tempting, attractive topic. So I'm going to be speaking about the manifestation philosophy. So remember, philosophy, all philosophy is just a perspective. So it's never the absolute truth. Good philosophy frames itself as not being the absolute truth, but being a perspective. And yet that perspective is trying to prove its validity and its coherence. So it's trying to prove its relevance, but it's always just a perspective. Now the new age manifestation philosophy, it's something we've all come across. Some of us subscribe to it heavily. Some of us teach it overtly or it, you know, is woven through what we, the spaces we hold and what we teach. And the, it's so attractive because the manifestation philosophy is trying in every way to convince you that you can have whatever you want. So philosophy will borrow reasoning from science, from biology, from mysticism, from the universe. And this is exactly what manifestation philosophy does, is that in every way, scientifically, biologically, universally, mystically, metaphysically, manifestation philosophy is trying to prove itself that if you follow a certain and exact process, you will get anything and exactly what you want. <laughs> and isn't that tempting? Isn't that attractive? Of course, just the proposition is attractive, but then through all its lengths, and this philosophy has gathered such a momentum across so many spheres, across science, across mysticism, across yoga and tantra and all kinds, all manner of new age philosophies have worked towards this manifestation philosophy. So it's got a whole manner of proofs and it's been developing for a very long time. So it sounds really good. It's really believable. Let me start by saying that I have a strong manifestation practice, meaning that it's almost daily for over 10 years and it's probably one of the strongest parts of my personal practice, uh, meaning that it's something that's really established and also that it's something that I've refined and made quite effective as well. So I'm not going to be telling you manifestation doesn't exist or you need to throw out your manifestation practice, but functional spirituality is all about looking at our culture and the ease we have with adopting beliefs that aren't functional and, and that don't serve us. So in our culture of speediness and fear and worry and anxiety, that, that, you know, that is the culture around us, that's topics of many other episodes, but a culture of speediness, we lack the slowness, the safety, the presence to pause and consider what are the beliefs, the philosophies that we have adopted that are making a difference in our lives, that are resulting in certain behaviors and attitudes and experiences that are counterproductive to 
the way we want to function and the results that we want to get. So we don't have that culture of slowness, consideration, discernment, and therefore functionality. We have a culture of activity, which definitely is productive, but without a balance to that productivity, the yin, the inwardness, the contemplative, the discernment, the evaluation in the present moment, the alignment culture that's missing. That balance isn't there, so we lack functionality. We have a lot of productivity, but it doesn't necessarily serve us as a culture and in our individual experience as well. So in this little series, I want us to consider manifestation. If you're listening to this podcast, you're interested in spirituality, the manifestation philosophy is very widespread and in our culture writ large, but also It's embedded in our spiritual practice. So you probably have some beliefs around manifestation. And here are, you know, this is just going to be some ideas, some thoughts, some philosophical evaluation and analysis to help you to become aware of your own processes in this arena and to potentially reorganize some of your belief systems and philosophies so that you're more effective, you are more functional meaning you are aligned with the results that you want. Your your behaviors and actions are and attitudes and thoughts are aligned with the results that you want. And that's what functional spirituality is about. You know, it, it is a philosophical inquiry and podcast. And, you know, you might think, oh, well, philosophy, I'm not interested in philosophy. That's, you know, people in armchairs contemplating things. It's not relevant to me, but actually we live by our philosophies. Philosophy is a big fancy word to describe what you believe about everything. What do you believe about your life? What do you believe about your experience, your person, other people, and what you believe completely shapes your behavior as well as your experience, your behavior, how you act and your experience, how you receive your life. And, you know, this is, this is my job. Maybe you remember in another episode, me describing my psychological makeup is very disagreeable. So I have very low of the character trait of agreeableness. So I have a strong tendency to question, to dig deeper, looking for logic and looking for coherence. And, you know, it means that I'm happy to be a little bit direct and argumentative, and that's a sign that I'm interested. I mean, I think is something is valuable to investigate. So hence the name of the episode, you know, it's a little bit confrontational to the culture. And, you know, maybe it seems a bit abrasive to some people, but hopefully it's just signaling that things are not as they seem. So back to our topic. Like I mentioned, I have a strong and daily manifestation practice. Just last night, I was reading over a journal entry I had written called 2023 Property Purchase. And about 70% of the description that I had written was matching up with the home that I've just moved into. So, you know, this is homes and material things are very often the topic of manifestation And then outside of that, it might be a job and a relationship, but very often it's material things. So how appropriate to talk about manifestation right now, as you know, I've just quote manifested the house I moved into. So I started a manifestation practice looking into manifestation 
philosophy and practice. Back when my spiritual practice first went deep in Thailand, so I had already been practicing yoga for a few years, but I wasn't really practicing spirituality. I was practicing a physical fitness form of yoga and was really, really into it. But I was even practicing meditation through Sri Chinmoy, maybe you've heard of his little lineage, but I wasn't actually practicing anything. So first it went deep in Thailand, Adagama, and the Swami there, the head guru of that school, was heavily into hypnotherapy, really interested in it. One time he was doing, there was a hypnotherapy conference in Perth and he came and visited and stayed with my family. So he was, you know, very into it, traveling and seeking out the the latest forms of hypnotherapy. So this is a, he wasn't into manifesting particularly like some other manifesting teachers, you know, Tony Robbins, Gabby Bernstein, you know, other gurus are very much about manifesting your dream life and things like that. So he wasn't really into manifesting particularly, but the school curriculum at Agama, this yoga school, had a heavy emphasis on these categories. So it had heavy emphasis on the power of the mind forms of spirituality. It had a big emphasis on yogic lore, hypnotherapy and neuroscience, and also tantric visualization and resonance practices. So I could go, you know, spend hours discussing the nature of each of what those are. Let me give a quick overview. So power of the mind spirituality is very much like the secret, Tony Robbins, Gabby Bernstein. It's very much this new age spirituality that says that what you focus on, you will attract more of, basically. So there was an emphasis on that, that the power of our mind creates resonance fields. You know, there's so many different ideas. Remember, they're just ideas. Um, none of them are proven, but they do lend a little bit here and there from different scientific experiments. Um, and, you know, the quantum field and things like that. So the power of mind spirituality, that's about different dimensions and resonance and trying into the quantum field and what you focus on, you're going to attract more of whether it's because of a different dimension or whether it's because things that vibrate start to magnetize to each other, you know, things like that. And then yogic lore is this um, idea that in the mystical East, the yogis were able to have these paranormal powers and conjure up all kinds of different experiments. And it's lore, right? It's all in these stories and myths and legends of these yogis so many legends and the school had a heavy emphasis on on this uh, yogic lore and these siddhis these paranormal powers that through a lot of hatha yoga so through a lot of practice and austerities and focus and pranayama and different mental exercises um you would get these paranormal powers the school was like Pretty much half the curriculum was about varying degrees of these siddhis. It also, you know, there was this emphasis on hypnotherapy and neuroscience saying that, you know, this reticular activation system, that what you focus on, you start to kind of pick up from your environment. This is the most logical one, you know, increasing your chances of experiencing, you know, something that you focus on as well as hypnotherapy, you know, working with the subconscious mind and unconscious beliefs that are creating behaviors that are leading to outcomes. So if you can work on your mind and your brain with different hypnotherapy and neuroscience understandings, you're going to be able to manipulate and manifest certain outcomes. 
And then there was this very mystical, the tantric visualization and resonance practices. So in this tantric philosophy, it's about the body being a manifestation of the universe somehow and having these different energy bodies, energy centers, different areas of resonance which resonate with different principles which are different goddesses different energy forms and shaktis and through different visualization of you know energy moving inside of us and energy outside of us that we can connect to resonating with different energies calling different energies in in a very mystical shamanic way we've got this tantric visualization and and these resonance practices and so all of these were like pretty much made up the curriculum of this school that i was in and in here we have as i've listed out these four topics um these four categories this is actually these are the main schools of manifestation thought power of the mind new age spirituality yogic lore and different other forms of of lore and legend hypnotherapy and neuroscience and tantric visualization and resonance practices. These are the different schools of manifestation thought. So different manifestation teachers, whether it's someone that you follow on Instagram, that's telling you that, you know, your pleasure and your sexuality is going to manifest, you know, your dreams, or if it's talking about more about like, be aware of what the thoughts you have are, and those are going to help you manifest your dreams, or if there's many different kind of branches to this philosophy, but they're all the same philosophy. It's all about you can manifest anything you want through a certain and exact kind of process that you need to follow. So this is exactly where it all started for me. I was, like I said, this is the school curriculum. I was fully embedded into this yoga school for, for six years. I was living in the community not for the whole year, just for the main season, which was about six months each year. And it was drilled into me. So like I said, this is, the school was really into manifestation, although be it through these different categories, but it was really drilled into us over and over again, that mind work was far superior to physical work. So what you can create with your mind is far superior to what you can create with your physical body. And I was um, young when I started, I think I was 21, 22, I think I was 21 when I first walked up to the center. So, and you know, my mind was blown, right? With these, I'm, I'm sure you yourself are intrigued with the nature of these categories. And this curriculum was massive, 24 levels of this curriculum. So I was like fully engaged with it, you know, every year going back and doing this training. So I really, really got into it. Like I said, it's really attractive and I was fully consumed and really dedicated with it. So over the past 12 years, 13 years of doing this work, now I want to share with you what has been coherent, what has made sense and what has worked in this field and what hasn't. So if you didn't know already, we're in a spiritual marketplace that's filled with different philosophies and different systems and different teachers that sometimes some of them make no sense. And it's not easy to tell that right away because before you can discover that it makes no sense, you have to fully engage with it. And often we don't fully engage with a system or a teacher or philosophy considering I'm going to try this out 
to see if it makes sense. Very often we engage with something because we say, something about this person resonates. Usually, usually it's that this person is famous. This person has, I just hear it all the time. It kind of blows my mind that people are like, well, that person has a lot of followers, so they must be doing something right. People literally say that followers talking about a social media presence, something that you can buy, something that you can manipulate and something that is so incredibly not related to quality. It's just so not evident or should be used as evidence of something being effective, functional, relevant, yet that is usually the way that we first engage with something. And sometimes people do, and maybe you're the kind of person that when you engage with a new philosophy or teacher system, you are going into it saying, you know, this person looks great, but I'm going to evaluate and see if this actually makes sense. And if it makes no sense, at best, you will waste your time with it. But at worst, you can actually create toxicity in your experience and in your life by, you know, adopting something that that doesn't make sense. But to me, the waste of time is way worse because you can waste years and so much energy and resources, our best years, paying homage to techniques and ideas that don't serve us. And, you know, it's that when we create something really toxic, you know, at least it comes to an end and there's a a transformation and a change and a challenge and it, you know, can be really painful, but it stimulates that growth. Where when we just waste our time with lukewarm practices, when we really do need to make progress and we really do need to attract resources and to heal ourselves, that waste of time, waste of years, those best years of our life and that energy and that motivation that we have that gets wasted. I see it so much that people have this motivation when they start their spiritual practice and they can spend it on something that's not effective and then they end up not being interested anymore. Even though later on, really valuable, beautiful, coherent, effective tools and systems might cross their path, they don't have the motivation anymore. It's been spent up. So this series is about sharing with you what in my experience ended up not making sense and not working and what did make sense and does work. And that doesn't mean that everything needs to be rational. There's no magic. You'll see my manifestation and what works for me is heavily mystical. Right now, I'm staring at a picture, a poster that I've had for eight or nine years of the goddess Lakshmi. Um, And we haven't set up much in our house, but I've definitely set up her, this beautiful icon that I worship with my whole heart and soul daily. But over the years, I've allowed my practice to evolve. Things that I used to practice and teach have fallen away. I've allowed myself to question everything. Does this work? Does this feel right? What are the results I want? And am I getting them? Is this functional? So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this series. Not going to make you wait a fortnight for the next episodes. We'll have the next episode about what doesn't, has not made sense, or has worked in the practice of manifestation for you next week. Thanks for listening, and look forward to hearing your thoughts about this series. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. 
so please subscribe now.